Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Jared Miller, who played baseball at Vanderbilt University from 2012 to 2014 and was a part of that 2014 national championship team. He then played professional baseball in the Arizona Diamondbacks system from 2014 to 2019. Jared, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bridget. Absolutely. And I have to say off the bat, sorry a few weeks ago for your Vandy boys recent loss. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a tough one. But I guess, uh, you know, second place is a lot better than a lot of the other places that teams uh, finish the year in. Absolutely. I kind of think Jay Cutler cursed you guys because he was there. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think Jay seems like a great time. I, I've only met him a couple times, but I'm a, <laughs> I was a big fan of him on the very Cavalier show, that's for sure. Oh, same, same. I couldn't tell you much about his football career, but I could tell you a lot about his very Cavalier days. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he got quite popular. Uh, he definitely found his... Uh, it's post uh, post football niche, so that's, that was cool to see. Yeah, too bad for the divorce and the show got canceled. Uh, Short lived, but loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, uh, we enjoyed it while it lasted. Absolutely. So you have met him. Does he seem as like what's the word I'm looking for? Grouchy as he does <laughs> when pictured you know, on I, the show. I. I met him for the first time. He took batting practice at Vanderbilt. It was either my freshman or sophomore year. We we must have exchanged, you know, fifteen words. But uh, he, he seemed uh, he seemed nice enough. I mean, at the time he was a he was a pretty you know pretty big deal being uh, the quarterback of Chicago. So I think anytime you play for a Chicago team, there's a uh, it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get a good uh, you know a good feel for someone because they're under so much pressure. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the fans of Chicago are very passionate one way or the other, I'd say. Oh, true. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Jared, you grew up not too far from Chicago in Avon, Indiana, and you have two brothers. Where did you fall in the birth order? I was the middle. So, yeah, my, we went my 91, 93, 96. So okay. We were all pretty, uh, pretty close together. So. Oh, nice, nice. Did your brothers play baseball? Uh, yeah, my little brother did. My, my older brother ran track and then kind of went the academic route. He's, he's the brains of the family. And then my little brother, uh, he played baseball through high school. Uh, he actually grew like seven inches his senior year, so it was kind of, kind of too late. So he just went to, he went to Miami of Ohio and studied there. So. Okay, all right, very cool. Now, how did you get into baseball? Um, that's a good question. I just think growing up, my, my parents did a good job of, you know, keeping us active and kind of uh, had us play every sport just to see what we liked. And I, I don't know if it was that I was, that it was my best sport or if I just, you know, I liked the guys that I was growing up playing with, but um, yeah, so I just, uh, I really enjoyed the game. You know, my dad was, that was his favorite sport probably. And he just, yeah, made it fun for us. And I, then I, I just so happened to get good at it. <laughs> now, growing up in Indiana, you guys don't have a professional baseball team. So, who do you root for? Did the Chicago teams, Detroit, Cleveland? Where did you go? So my parents are both from uh, Central Illinois, and it's funny. We actually they're both big Cardinal fans. So I grew oh. up uh, a St. Louis Cardinal fan, and then to this day, they're they're the they're probably the main team I, I support outside of guys you know that I that I played with played okay. with in college. Nice. Well, they're a really good team. You guys have a lot of success. 
Yeah, no, it's it's fun, and St. Louis obviously a really cool city and really passionate about about that team. Absolutely. So you're playing baseball. How old were you when you actually got into pitching? Um, I would say I started. I I mean, we did the you know the standard trajectory. I don't, I don't know back in the day what we started pitching at like eleven or twelve, and then I wouldn't say I got really big into it until high school. Like maybe my maybe my freshman and sophomore year that those summers were kind of kind of big. You know, I got with some, some some good coaches in the summer ball circuits and really started to I guess kind of one get get pretty good at it and two like actually be interested in you know learning more about it from uh, from like my peers and coaches. Okay, nice. Now, what positions did you play when you weren't pitching then? Mainly first base. So I was I was uh. I actually enjoyed hitting more than pitching, probably because I was never sore from hitting. Uh, and then I was pretty, I was, I was a pretty good hitter up until up through high school, and then um, obviously when I got to college, it, it was kind of uh, I, was, I, I was just I was just there for my pitching skills, not uh, not necessarily to hit. So mm-hmm. that was the end of that. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. But yeah, as a tall left-hander, first base does seem like a good position for you when you're not pitching. Yeah, yeah, and I like I said, I enjoyed it. I, it's funny. I always thought pitching was was pretty boring. Uh, I guess you know, kind of. I don't know if I was naive or you know, I just didn't really think much went into it. Flash was obviously pretty naturally talented in high school, so pitching was always it was fun. But it, I always liked to you know be in the action in the field uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up in Indiana, it's pretty much a rule that you have to play basketball at some point in your life. And at six seven, I imagine you were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, basketball was kind of my first love. I'd actually say, I, you know, growing up, I was uh, I was fortunate. We lived in Minnesota for a little bit, so I became a really big Kevin Garnett fan. I uh, grew up loving Vince Carter, and then, like you said, you know, being in Indiana, um, went to a pretty big school, so it was definitely uh, fun to fun to play basketball and I I think my senior year we lost three times and it was to uh Gary Harris and Marcus Teague and uh and Pike so some pretty good names there yeah absolutely if you're gonna lose that's not a bad group to lose to <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and your high school basketball team was great we actually talked for a few minutes off air I had your teammate AJ Burgett on the pod a couple weeks ago not months ago probably weeks ago uh, he went on to play at Notre Dame and is now killing it overseas so I imagine you guys as you said you only lost three games your senior year so pretty good team yeah yeah no we were talented we had a really good group I think I think our starting five my senior year everyone went on to play uh, either at least a college sport so whether it was football basketball or baseball um, I think we, we definitely had a pretty athletic team yeah that's an athletic group right there yeah, we definitely had a very talented, uh, very talented team. But I mean, obviously, Indiana sports are are usually pretty good. So, absolutely. Were you an IU basketball fan? No. So it's funny. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. So I've I've kind of been riding with the Buckeyes, uh, oh, the wow. Buckeyes for a while. And then I, I grew up a really big college basketball fan. So I always think back when I think it was 2001. The the Maryland team was kind of the first team. Was, yeah, I think it was 2001 when they had Juan Dixon and. Byron Mouton, Lonnie Baxter, Steve Blake. Uh, I was pretty, uh, pretty into that team. So I think it was either 2001 or 2002. They won it all in, 20, in 2002, but I'm sure a bunch of them yeah, won that it was, in yeah, 2001. That was the team. Yeah, that was the team that kind of uh, 
first really caught my eye. Uh, obviously, grew up watching a lot of basketball, but that was kind of the, the first team I felt like I was super uh, invested in emotionally. Wow. You're, you're sort of off the beaten path with your teams. No Chicago teams, no Indiana teams. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I think it, I think with my my folks both growing up in Illinois, uh, my dad. It's funny we were kind of a house divided because my dad loved Ohio State football and Illinois basketball. So I don't know, I don't know if Illinois football was never really good enough, or uh, if he got <laughs> bored with them. And then when we moved to Ohio, but we kind of we had the best of both worlds there for a while because obviously Illinois was really good, you know, in the two thousands at basketball, and then Ohio State, you know, obviously Ohio State when it comes to football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm sure your family's pretty happy that the Illinois basketball team over the past couple of years has gotten really good again. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely nice. And both, both sets of grandparents are in Illinois and they're, they all like it. They're obviously like Illinois basketball. So it always gave us a, a nice talking point around the holidays. That's awesome. Was there any interest in colleges for your basketball ability? Yeah, so I, uh, my my call or my high school coach got approached pretty early on, uh, like my junior year, when I you know started to kind of develop and obviously we had a really good team, so I was like I was a pretty good systems player, you know I never scored a ton, but kind of was like the glue guy, took a lot of charges and stuff like that. Um, and my coach sat me down pretty early on and knew that you know baseball was kind of my, I guess my my best skill. Uh, so he asked me you know if I'd be interested in hearing from teams, and I was like no, not really. Uh, but I think there, I think there was some uh, some interest from the biggest school I ever really heard about was Indiana State, um, but it wasn't like a scholarship. I think it was more of a hey, if he wants to come walk on, play baseball here, then we would definitely take a look at him. Wow. Okay. I mean, Indiana State that's still pretty good even without the scholarship. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I, I, I mean, obviously everyone thinks they they were probably a little better than they were, but. Um, you know, I, I think I, I was talented. I, I'm a lot better at basketball now than I think I ever was in high school. So I, I, we, we had a lot of good players, so I didn't have to do that much. So I think it's, it's kind of like those guys that uh, play at those prep schools and you don't really know if they're any good. And then they get the, you know, they get to college and they kind of blossom. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't want to say what could have been, but I, I think I was good enough to, you know, I could have played somewhere. I don't think I would have played uh, D1, that's for sure. Okay. All right. But it seems like early on you knew baseball was your route that you wanted to go for college. Yeah, I would. So my, my freshman year, I was like five foot, five foot 11. I grew like five, six, seven inches that summer. Um, you know, started to, started to get better. I, I was never like, I was, it wasn't like I was, I wasn't like a phenomenon. Like my freshman year, I was normal. I played, you know, JV, got called up to varsity a little bit um sophomore year I was okay like I was good but I wasn't like you know you wouldn't come watch me play and be like oh my god this guy is you know the next best thing like I was I, there was definitely better players that better players uh you know in my high school uh in my high school league so um but yeah it, it obviously began uh, when I got to be you know six four and left handed I naturally obviously got recruited and then uh, my summer of my, after my sophomore year was kind of the first time I was like, okay, I could, you know, possibly make something out of this. You had a really good career at Avon High School. You're kind of being humble, but I'm about to pull out some of the stats because on the baseball diamond, 
You were first team all state as a senior. You're all conference. You're the Indiana all West player of the year. And I don't know if it still holds true today, but you held four school records, home runs, RBIs, innings pitched and strikeouts. So just really amazing career you had. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, I was pretty good. Like I said, I mean, obviously I think, I think had you asked me right after high school, I would have said I was, you know, the man. But, you know, after <laughs> playing professionally for a while, I think I definitely, you know, you, you, you talk about numbers every now and then, like growing up. And, I mean, some of these kids that I played with, especially at Vanderbilt, I mean, guys were throwing perfect games. You know, guys were, guys were uh, doing a lot cooler things. But, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely, uh, definitely a career, a high school career that I was uh, able to be proud of. Obviously, wish we would have, you know, made it a little further in the tournament at least once. But, um, definitely, uh, definitely was, uh, was, uh, was looked back proud on, on that, uh, experience. As you should. Now, did you play club baseball in the summers? Yeah. Yeah. So I played with a program uh, called Indiana Bulls. Um, so we, you know, we were, that's kind of how I got recruited. You know, we'd go down to the big tournaments every fall. Cause I, I actually, I, I considered playing football, um, for a little bit, my sophomore and junior years. And then, uh, basically what happened was um, some of the college coaches, some of the people that <clears throat> were older than me that, you know, their parents kind of got in touch with my parents. was like, hey, like, fall is pretty important from, the, you know, getting looked at by the MLB scouts and the college scouts. So kind of made a decision, and not to mention I was pretty soft and didn't necessarily <laughs> like getting hit. So I think baseball was kind of my cop-out to uh, not, not go out there and try to play football. I could see you as a good tight end or wide receiver, though, with your length. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except the only the only downfall is I have really short arms, so um, I'm not I'm not quite like Burgett. Uh, I'm not as uh, proportional, I guess you'd say. <laughs> now, can you talk a bit more about that recruiting process and what schools you were really considering <clears throat> and why you chose Vanderbilt? Yeah, you know, it it was actually very uh, it was a whirlwind. I mean, I. Obviously, I, I didn't. I, I expected to get recruited. Um, I didn't really expect it to be as intense as it was. Um, I, like I said, I kind of came out of nowhere, grew, and got pretty good all in with like an eighteen-month span. Um, but when it was all said and done, you know, I talked to a bunch of schools. I enjoyed the process, and I kind of got down to five schools, six schools. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the baseball rules, but there's only like a handful of scholarships. I think it's like 13.9 or something for the entire team. So, you know, you're going through this process and obviously the smaller schools, the, you know, even like the, the Indianas, I had, I had a pretty good offer there, you know, like a Miami of Ohio offered me a full ride. So obviously that was enticing. And then when I first started getting recruited by Vanderbilt, it was actually kind of a little bit later in the process than other schools. Um, and obviously with it being private and also very expensive, that was definitely a consideration I had to take in. You know, it was the one school I always joked that I re that recruited me that I had to make sure it was still okay with my parents from a financial standpoint that I actually went there because it's not every day. You know, you get a you get a really good scholarship to school and your parents are still paying you know five uh, five figures a year. So yeah, um, that is true. But yeah, I think you know I got I got down to Vanderbilt when I visited, um, and obviously it was kind of a. It was, they, were, they were obviously getting to the point where it was a storied program. You know, they went through the, their first World Series actually my senior year. 
but just the relationship with Coach Corbin down there and the, the staff at the time was was probably the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me. And not to mention, you know, my parents were both obviously very thrilled with with the whole process and the academics down there. So, uh, my but my final five were uh, Missouri, Texas Christian, Arkansas. And then let's say Miami, Ohio was in there as well. Okay. Well, if you chose Texas Christian, you would have been teammates with Walker Kelly, who I've had on the podcast. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, TC is a great school. Uh, very similar to, uh, you know, Vanderbilt. You know, it's obviously a great education um, and a really cool, uh, really cool city. So uh, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I didn't know what I was getting into at the time when I went to Vanderbilt, but uh, definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the best schools in the country academically. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely a kind of, and like I said, I was, I was good at baseball, but compared to the kids that were going to Vanderbilt with me, I was, I mean, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I, I think we were the, I think we were the number one uh, ranked recruiting class in the country. And I was like one of two guys on the team that didn't get, uh, that didn't get drafted out of high school. So it was definitely a little <laughs> bit intimidating. Um, going in there at first. Was it tough to move so far away to go to college? Um, I, you know, I was always pretty independent. You know, I, I think the the summer circuit that I was on, uh, the Bulls, they do a good job of, they really want the, even, you know, obviously the parents can go to the games, but every time we go to a different town, you know, they, they did it like college where you had a roommate. Um, mm. So you wouldn't like stay with your parents. So there was, there were trips that, you know, I went on just with, with my friends and, um, I think that really got me prepared. And, and I, I like to say Nashville is the perfect distance from home. Um, it was like four and a half, five hour drive. So far enough that, you know, you didn't feel like you were at home, but close enough if I ever needed anything or if there was an emergency that I could get home. Okay. I actually thought it was further than that. That's really not too bad. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, it's like an hour 45 to Louisville and then two and a half to uh, Nashville from there. So wow. how did you like living in Nashville? Oh, I loved it. I, I, I got it at the best time, too, because it was, I always tell people, you know, when I got there, it was kind of a smaller, innocent city. Um, you know, it didn't have the big city feel at all. It was, you know, you could go anywhere at any time. There was never traffic. And, and then 20, so I, I left in 2014. I lived there 15 and 16 in the off season. And I, I tell you what, the city in 15 just started growing like crazy. Um, and now it's just a completely different city. I mean, it feels more like a Chicago than a, than a you know, the Nashville that I got to love. Yeah, it is huge now. I, I actually yeah, went there crazy. 2019. My cousin got married there, and it was the same weekend as the NFL draft. It was insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's funny. When we, when we were living there, me and a couple of the guys that signed in my, in my uh, draft class, we were like, God, you can't even leave you know, between three and seven, because you're just going to sit in traffic. Like it's, it's definitely, the city is not built for all the people that are there now. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. And I, one of the Uber drivers was explaining that they were building at least 14 more hotels. Nuts. Yeah, no, it's nuts. Yeah, it was, the, yeah the, the city expanded very quick. So, um, but I mean, it's definitely, uh, definitely a great place to, great place to live. And, um, like I said, we were very spoiled. I mean, I, I didn't even realize at the time that I was, you know, getting to go to college in such a cool city. So that was yeah. definitely an added, uh, added bonus. 
Absolutely. I feel like I couldn't go to Vanderbilt for two reasons. One, I would never get in. Two, if I did get in, I would have like way too much fun outside of the classroom and would fail out. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not so sure I would have gotten in either if I, if I wasn't good at baseball. So I def, I definitely don't take that education for granted, though. Yeah, no, it is a great education to have. You sort of talked about that transition a little bit. You were a little bit intimidated by the other members of your recruiting class. And the transition from high school to college baseball must be tough, especially for a pitcher, because you're probably used to pitching an entire high school game, playing a different position when you weren't pitching and not batting, which, you know, you were really good. We just talked about your records. You actually had the home run and RBI school records. Now in college, you're only pitching. So that must be such a difficult transition. Yeah, I, I like I like I said, I think the, the summer circuit kind of prepared us. Uh, so I actually, even though I was, you know, a really good hitter from Indiana standards, in summer ball, uh, my junior summer, I stopped hitting. Uh, you know, our, our coach wanted to get us ready. I still hit during the school year, obviously, but, um, you know, wanted to showcase off the guys who were actually going to go hit in college. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I got to school, and I, I think I always, I always attribute a lot of my success uh, my freshman year to just being like almost, I mean, ignorance, not the right word, but I just didn't know any better. Like I just went in there and I was just kind of like, okay, well I'm expected to not be, you know, one of the better players as a freshman. So I think that just playing that card just allowed me to just kind of dumb it down and have a lot of success. Cause I actually, I had, I ended up having a really good uh, freshman year and um, got to pitch a lot of high leverage innings, um, which obviously at Vanderbilt was a really, uh, really cool experience for me yeah no definitely and yeah there's no pressure on you so i do feel like that helps out yeah i kind of like playing with house money it's like okay well if, if i wasn't you know if i wasn't ready then i wasn't supposed to be ready so mm-hmm. um but it was yeah it, it was I, I attribute a lot of that just the mindset of being like you know i i got nothing to lose here so um, that definitely helped uh, pay off for sure and i feel like in college you you know Pitchers come in at different times. I'm sure it happens in high school too, but probably not as often. And it seems like you kind of pitched in different situations. You would start some games, you would come in in the middle of a game, and you would close some games. Where I'm assuming in high school you basically probably started and pitched the whole game. Was that kind of hard to then be, you're not starting pitching this day, but you have to be ready because maybe they'll need you in the sixth <clears throat> inning or the ninth inning? Yeah, that was probably the hardest transition. Um, obviously, you know, the, the best pitchers start, right, which is why every, everyone kind of starts in high school. And then um, obviously a couple different times at Vanderbilt, I, you know, I won starting jobs. And, you know, I, I always say it was the most competitive team I played on. So I, I definitely think there, it was way easier to keep a job in, uh, in pro ball than it was in college with how <laughs> competitive we were. But, yeah, I mean, I think the – you know, going from starting to relieving it is definitely a really different thing. Um, obviously, you're you're pitching a lot more on adrenaline, um, especially you know once I got into pro ball and was you know throwing the later innings. It, you know, you know you're only out there for a certain amount of hitters, so it's kind of like you know throw the kitchen sink at them. We used to say and um, get ready for the next day. So, but the, I would say mindset's the biggest difference. You know, just mm-hmm. knowing that you're not going to face a hitter more than once. Um, it's a lot easier to just attack them and, um, you know, not have to worry about the technical side of things. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Now, head coach Tim Corbin has been at Vanderbilt since 2003 and has really transformed the program. I mean, Vandy is always a contender. What was it like being coached by him? You know, it was, I, I attribute a lot of, you know, who I am today um, to Coach Corbin. Uh, you know, he takes a very, I, I don't want to say militant is the word, but he does read a lot of, you know, he reads a lot of books about leadership, about, you know, military stuff. And he just, you know, he, he demands respect, which I think helps every young kid going into that program just grow up so quick. You know, you don't get away with the things you hear about you know, kids getting away with at other schools, you know, there's, there's certain things that just don't fly. Um, and I think that just made me respect him a lot and, you know, kind of look at him as a father figure. And he just, he loves everybody in that program so much that it, you know, it makes it really easy to play for him. You know, even, even though he obviously does expect a lot out of his players, but that's, the, that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of us uh, have success to the next level. Yeah, when you look at the Vanderbilt roster, how many people have gone on to play professionally? It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, more, I mean, if, you know, most schools, you know, if a handful of guys get drafted, it's great. But, you know, it's almost like if you go to Vanderbilt and don't get drafted, it's because you didn't want to go play pro ball or, you know, obviously every now and then someone gets hurt. But it's definitely uh, the exposure there is insane. And I think that's why a lot of the uh, top players, you know, go there every year because, why not? I mean, why wouldn't you yeah. want to be a part of that program? Yeah, exactly. You mentioned that you had a good freshman year, and you did in 2012. Vandy went 35-28, and 28, which is actually the worst record there while you're going to be there. You make your debut in February against Stanford. You must, you must remember that first appearance. Oh, yeah. I, I remember we were, well, we were getting whooped, first off. Uh, <laughs> I think the, a guy by the name of Mark Appel started the first game. Um, you know, he was the consensus number one overall pick that year, ended up flipping to eighth. Um, and then he actually went back to school and went first overall the next year. But I remember seeing more like scouts than fans. And it was like nuts. I was like, how did I end up here? Uh, and even even on top of that, one of my high school best friends, Patrick Rogers, who's now on the PGA Tour, he was playing golf at Stanford at the time. So it was, like, really cool um, to get to see him there at my first game. And obviously my family was there. Definitely a, definitely a moment I'll never forget. But, we, yeah, we got, we got beat pretty bad all three games. <laughs> and then your first win was actually in your second ever start. I believe it was over, see, so you guys won against Siena. Did you get the ball that game? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's a, and that was a. I mean, it was a start. It, uh, or I think it was a start. Uh, see, it's hard to remember because you know at Vanderbilt during the week, you know, a lot of the times, at least my freshman year, we would call do what's called a staff day, meaning basically you're going to throw you know five to seven pitchers, um, and you're all going to go out there. I don't remember if it was a true start. Did I go a f- more than a few innings? I'm not. I don't even remember honestly. I'm not sure about uh, the innings, but you know, yeah. it said that you started and got a the win's win. A win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like that's like I, I I got lucky. I got the win in uh, game one of the World Series my junior year, but I don't even think I pitched very well. So sometimes <laughs> the uh, the win column can be deceiving, especially at the pitcher. Yeah, no, that that is true. But, but I'll take yeah. it. I'm not giving it back. 
No, you're right. It's funny, though, right? Because a pitcher can throw eight innings of scoreless baseball, and then another pitcher can come in, give up five runs, yeah. but the team, your team scores six, and that pitcher that gave mm-hmm. up five runs is considered the winning pitcher. Oh, yeah. And there, it was always funny because there's always one guy on every team that just snakes wins out of the, out of the bullpen. Uh, we always used to say, you know, it's, it's better to have no decisions in the bullpen, you know, than – because usually you're only going to have losses. Like rarely is a, you know, is a bullpen pitcher going to get a win. But like you said, there's, there's uh, definitely those freak instances where you get a win when you didn't necessarily deserve it. So, but um, it was always, yeah, it was always funny. You know, at first I didn't even know because, like you said, in high school I threw the whole game, so I didn't even really know the rules of how a bullpen pitcher gets a win mm-hmm. um, until I was a part of it. So it was kind of. <laughs> It was kind of funny to see that. Like, I didn't even know how, how they quantified those. Yeah, no, we will get to that College World Series mm-hmm. win. That must have been mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool, obviously. Very fortunate. Like I said, I, I didn't pitch that well, but I, I pitched in the game, and, uh, and I got credited with the win. So I don't <laughs> think I'll give that one back. No, definitely not. No sophomore year, 2013. Vandy has a great season. You guys go 54 and 12, which is a huge turnaround from your freshman season. And you pitch in 22 games. Actually, the coaches said you were one of the best left-handers on the team. So no sophomore slump for you. Yeah, I think you know that. Even looking back, you know that that was probably the best team I played on. Um, you know, we ran into a Louisville team that was just super talented and played a super you know super good series, but. I, I'd say, like, and it's hard, right, as a bullpen pitcher, you know, numbers, I don't, I don't want to say they lie, but that was definitely a, that was definitely an ego check um, year for me. You know, I came in pretty confident, um, had a really good freshman year, had a really good freshman summer, and, and, and you know, I, I definitely had the talent, but I didn't always, you know, put it together and have the best, I guess, mentality, attitude, whatever you want to attribute it to, but... Um, being a part of that team, you know, really made me want to come back my junior year and, you know, contribute and, you know, I guess have a better attitude because that was a, that was kind of a tough year for me to cope with from, on the mental side of, you know, thinking I should pitch more slash not performing as well as I had always been used to. So that year definitely made me grow up a lot. Yeah, that's got to be difficult, especially, you know, you're just a year removed from high school at that point or two years, I guess. But yeah, where you a stud and you had a good freshman year and, you know, things don't go as well as you hope to sophomore year. But you obviously come back strong for that junior year. Yeah, and it's, and it's you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's hard to, I mean, playing at Vanderbilt, it's, it's cool, right? Because you look back and, you know, I would say that, some of my our Vanderbilt teams would have beat a lot of the even you know double A triple A teams that I played for in pro ball. It was just it, 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 we always joke you know it's harder to win a job at Vanderbilt than it is for most you know double A AA or triple A teams. So it's just mm-hmm. it was a, it was an experience that I couldn't even. It's hard to describe just because the talent you're playing against every day, you know, just like they say at Alabama football, it's like the best games you're playing are your practice games because that's those are the best teams you're competing against every week. So it definitely, uh, it made me, it made me a lot better person and a lot better uh, athlete for sure. Being a part of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. SEC baseball, obviously very competitive. 
Who's your biggest rival? You know, that's a great question. So when we got there, so the year before I got there, Vanderbilt and Florida were two of the best teams in the country. Obviously, they're a great program. Florida had some incredible players, and they just, you know, they, they cleaned up. They, they wiped the, whole, the play with us my freshman year. I think they were number one in the country. I want to say they beat us, like, in three games combined. Like, I want to say they scored, like, almost 60 runs, and we scored, like, 15. Like, they just, they were dominant. I mean, they had, they had a, you know, not to get into names, but a bunch of big league guys, and it was very eye-opening. So I definitely say there was a lot of bad blood between Florida and Vanderbilt. Um, they were a big rivalry. Obviously, you know, Tennessee was never that good. Kentucky, Kentucky had some good teams. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say Florida while I was there was probably one of the, one of the tougher matchups. And then obviously South Carolina had some amazing teams, uh, in the late, you know, in the 2010, 2011, 2012 years. Mm -hmm. All right. Florida, the Gators. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were, they were a good team. So definitely, definitely one of those kind of powerhouse programs that you expect to expect to see every year. (laughs) Now I have a question regarding basketball. I hate Vanderbilt's basketball court. How often would you go to (laughs) basketball games there? So my freshman year, we went quite a bit. They had a really good team. They had uh, two first-rounders and the first pick of the second round. Uh, so I remember uh, I, we went for college game day when Kentucky was number one. And, you know, Kentucky always struggled to play at Vanderbilt. And I don't know if it's because it's a lot of young kids and, you know, obviously the coaching is different, but we actually beat – we upset them uh, my freshman year. So that was really cool. But, I, I mean, I would say we didn't go to that many games. Uh, I've definitely played a lot more basketball on that court than, uh, than I've watched games. <laughs> How do you like the court, though? Well, it's, you know, it's storied, right? It's an old concert hall that just has a basketball. It's, it happens to be a basketball court. <laughs> I, I, I like that it's different. I think it's dangerous. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, a couple times a year, obviously, you know, players, players you know, fall off there, but... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'd love it, like, playing. You know, you're used to your coaches being, you know, right there on the sidelines, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, at the, at the end line. So I, I think it's, it's definitely weird that it's the only school that does it. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess the court, at first I didn't, I didn't understand it, but, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it now. <laughs> yeah, the whole coaching, I don't understand, like, on the end line. That's got to be such – like a different, like that must be so different when you're used to being on the sideline. Well, for, yeah, for sure. And then not to mention, you know, when you're, when you're subbing in the games, players have to, like, oftentimes they were like sprinting to get to the middle of the court to check in. So uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely an adjustment plan there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Jerry Stackhouse is the coach now. We'll see how they do in the next uh-huh. few years. Yeah, yeah, I think he's brought some, you know, good life to that program. Obviously, you got Pippen's kid there. And you got to, you know, I, I think they're kind of following the mold of what Memphis has, Benny Hardaway, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of following that mold, you know, getting the, the former, um, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I don't know if people would consider Stackhouse a superstar, but definitely had a great career. And, um, you know, just, I guess, you know, young athletes, especially basketball players, you know, will want to play for a guy like that. Absolutely. All right, now back to the baseball field. Uh, you, you mentioned this, that you guys uh, came up short against Louisville in the Super Regionals, and the Super Regionals are one step away before the World Series, so that has to be hard, getting so close to Omaha but falling just short. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it was we were such like favorites that year that I, I think when that and and then, like I said, I you know I didn't have that big of a role at the end of the year on that team, but you know that team was so skilled and and so like well led, you know, an older group, and I just think when that season ended, we were more shocked because we just <laughs> we just didn't expect that season to end like that. I mean, I think we went. 26 and three in the SEC set the record there. Uh, I think we had the highest win percentage ever for sure. Um, and I mean, it was, it was just so weird to see, especially that group of guys. Cause you know, that was the, those, those were the guys that were, you know, were sophomores, juniors, my freshman year. And then obviously we really looked up to all of them and um, some of my best friends. So like seeing them so sad and I mean, it was just, it was a really weird experience. And then people don't realize, you know, as soon as your season ends, like college summer ball has already started. Like it starts the week before the Super Regional. So then like the guys who are playing summer ball, you leave the next day. So wow. it's, you, don't really, you don't really have that much time to, you know, cope with it. Like it's, it's very strange. It's a, it's, a, it's a very weird setup, um, you know, obviously going straight to summer ball and then the draft guys, you know, obviously the teams are trying to sign them. So. It all happens. It's such a finite ending. So, yeah, yeah, that is tough. It's like okay, you lose, and then everyone just disperses. Yeah, yeah, you don't even have time to like say your goodbyes. Like, I mean, I, I remember my sophomore year. I was like, golly, I don't, I don't know who I'm going to see again. Obviously, you, you, I didn't realize at the time that kind of everyone goes back to Nashville. But it's definitely a weird ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is weird. Well, speaking of summer ball, did you ever play in like the Cape Cod League? Yes, yes. So my freshman year, I went up and played in the Northwoods League uh, in Rochester, Minnesota for the Honkers. And then my sophomore year, I went to the Cape. Um, I played for Orleans. And, you know, I, I, like my sophomore year, I think, was so, like, tough on me mentally. Um, but, you know, that was kind of like going to the Cape. I kind of told myself, and I never really voiced this until after the summer, but I was like, you know, that was, that was me kind of finding myself in the game and really knowing and trusting that I could play the game at, you know, a high enough level to make, you know, a possible career out of it because I just wasn't having that much fun. You know, my sophomore year was really hard on me from a, from an ego standpoint and, you know, just feeling like, you know, it's easy to get, it's easy to get, you know, off the beaten path playing for a team as good as Vanderbilt, because if you're not performing right, you're going to get pushed to the bottom of the totem pole. So, um, I think I was just very like lacking in confidence and um, that, that just sophomore summer was so huge for me. Uh, had a really good summer, um, was around an amazing group and really kind of flourished there and uh, took a lot of confidence into my junior year. So uh, the Cape was unbelievable. I, you know, I, you take it for granted when you're there, but um, definitely one of the cooler spots I've ever uh, been fortunate to live. Yeah, that's awesome too that it got you your confidence back. Right in time for your junior year, which is the big one, 2014. You guys go 51 and 21, get to Omaha and win Vanderbilt's first national title. Yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. Uh, I, I think at the time it was like you know we we were super talented, but we just would have like the weirdest you know not collapses but lapses, and next thing you know we're losing to teams we shouldn't you know, this, this, and this. And, you know, I think, I think by the time the, the season ended, we were just kind of like, what do we have to lose? I mean, obviously we knew we were super talented. We knew, you know, it's funny. 
we uh, we lost. We got really bad uh, showing at the SEC tournament. Coach Corbin is so, you know, he's he's so big on you know going to there, going to the SEC tournament, taking care of business, and you know showing teams that you know that were obviously for real. So we we got embarrassed in the SEC tournament. I'll never forget. You know, he he called us in when we got back from the from uh, Hoover and he just lost it. You know, he, and I think it was the wake up call we needed, you know, whether, I mean, you know how it is, you know, you hear your, your coach yelling and screaming and obviously, you know, you want to laugh, you want to be like, what? But uh, I think it really fueled us. And uh, obviously we put together a really good uh, next few weeks and we're able to um, obviously win the, win the national championship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Getting to Omaha must be a dream, right? So when you beat Stanford in the best of three series in the Super Regional to get there, what was that celebration like when the final out was recorded? It was it was really cool. Um, I had some buddies from high school in town, and I, you know, it, I guess after my sophomore year, we 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 really learned. To, and and Corbin stresses, you know, that's the goal, but it's the goal in the fall, and then once the season starts, you know, it's day by day. So I think my sophomore year when we lost, you know, you kind of, it was eye-opening. It was like, oh my, like, it's really hard to get to Omaha. Like, that's why we had owned the Vanderbilt only done it one time. So I think we did a lot better job, you know, of focusing on, you know, the, the present day that year. And um, obviously we were super talented, like, like most years. But I just think we, you know, a little bit of luck, a little bit more focus, and um, just making sure we didn't take any day for granted. And um, it definitely worked out. Absolutely. So tell me about that experience in Omaha. Like, what what's the town like during that? Did your family go? I guess I'm more asking about the atmosphere and not the games yet. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, obviously, like you said, you know, you grow up in kind of the mecca of college baseball, you know, there and Cape Cod are kind of the two places you definitely want to go. And um, I think we got there and it was it was just it was cool. You know, you you heard about it like. Every time Corbs would talk, you know, Omaha was the goal in the fall, you know, Omaha this, Omaha that, you know, we always broke it down to Omaha, you know, in the weight room, it was do this for Omaha. And, and then you get there and it's, you know, it's kind of like a fairy tale land for the first couple of days. Um, and then obviously you settle in, but it was so strange. You know, I was fortunate my parents were out there for the whole time and, but you're there for almost two weeks. So it's like we were, time. we were, we were in Omaha forever. So it's like, if you've never been to Omaha, there's not a ton to do. Like, it's a cool little town, but there's not a lot going on. And you're a college student. So it's like, you know, you're used to being back in college and having a little more freedom. And, you know, whether you go downtown or there's, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a very small bubble in Omaha, that's for sure. It seems like Vanderbilt fans travel. Obviously, Jay Cutler did. <laughs> Yeah, well, it helps when you get on a jet. Uh, <laughs> no, we have a we have a we have a really cool uh, fan base. You know, a lot of passionate fans. It's a lot of the same fans that have you know followed the program forever. And um, obviously, it's, you know, we we like to think you know our fans are the best in you know best in college baseball. Uh, obviously, Mississippi State's another one of those fan bases too. But yeah, Vanderbilt, our our fans always found a way to you know make sure that we felt like we were at home. So. Definitely something we never uh, we never took for granted and really appreciated. Yeah, the 
the fans help you guys as you go five and two in the World Series overall. You get to the championship series after an extra innings win over Texas, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty stacked house. I mean, as you'd as you'd expect in Omaha, obviously, but you know we we had some storied programs there. Um, you know, we had what I think we. Yeah, we beat Louisville, we beat Irvine, and then I what we lost to Texas, and then beat Texas or something like that. I think so. Or no, so. we lost to Louisville. I think we lost to Louisville. Um, but I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, no, it was, it was wild. Um, the extra innings, you know, it, it, we started to feel like you know you when you're part of a championship team, like obviously you're skilled, but you know, at, at some point luck has the ball has to bounce your way and. Um, in Omaha, we definitely got a couple breaks, if I remember correctly, and um, obviously time, some timely hitting, and um, I'm just a really good team. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to get to that final series. So the final series, you play Virginia. We mentioned it earlier. Huge, you came up huge in game one, 9-8 win, and you got the win in relief. I know you say, okay, you didn't pitch that well. <laughs> Still, it's a close game, and you got the win. Tell me about that game and your emotions. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I, I think the coolest part was obviously, you know, you're, you know everybody's watching. Um, I, I felt like I kind of had something to prove, and, you know, it was just, you know, obviously you don't make it, want to make it about yourself and you don't want to be the person, you know, that, that obviously gets remembered for, you know, losing the game. But I, I definitely think, you know, the baseball player, in me, I did not deserve that win. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, one of our younger pitchers, Don Kilchowski, actually kind of, you know, saved me in that game and came in and pitched really well. Um, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a win in the stack column and, uh, one that will always be obviously tied to uh, our first World Series victory, so mm-hmm. um, or our first you know national championship. So very cool. Yeah, very. It's awesome. You guys will lose game two, which sets up a winner takes all game three. How are you guys feeling going into that game? You know, I mean, I think anytime you win the first game, right, you you kind of make the second game bigger than it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's funny. I I think I think that oftentimes in sports, like the team that obviously comes out the loosest is going to be the team that, you know, obviously gets the quick start. So I think when we won game one, I mean, they were a really talented team. Um, they had a, a crazy good pitching staff. So I think winning game one, it kind of just makes you want to put them away game two. Um, but obviously, you know, it's a championship series for a reason. And, um, you know, they, they got us and um, it was, it was definitely like, a, you know, okay, we've lost before, you know, we, we, we didn't expect it to be easy. Uh, I think it helped that we had lost earlier in the World Series as well. So it wasn't kind of like our first, you know, our first uh, first experience of failure in Omaha. But um, I, I couldn't ask for a better series. You couldn't ask for a better uh, teams on both sides. And it, it was funny because we talk about it, and it was like the team in 15 that lost to Virginia was better. And the Virginia team that lost to us was better. So it's kind of like, I feel like when you look back, like we kind of flipped, we won the year we probably weren't supposed to. I mean, I, we hit a walk-off home run against the best reliever in college baseball that year um, on a pitch like above his head. Like, I, I just think the stars kind of aligned for us and um, definitely an experience that I'll never, uh, never, ever forget. Yeah, amazing. Take me through that celebration when you guys won 3-2. <clears throat> 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, like, the whole, like, people don't realize how scary a dog pile is. Like, especially in baseball, you have metal spikes, you know, you can't breathe, you're, you're overjoyed, you have emotions, like, it's just, I think it, it was, like, as excited as I was, it was like, I was, like, obviously I'm going to participate in the dog pile, but then the stress of the next five minutes, and then obviously you're, you're crazy happy. Uh, I, it was such a, it was so cool to win Coach Corbin his first one, um, especially now that obviously we all knew it, it was, uh, you know, they, that we were going to be back year after year. But to be a part of the first one was definitely uh, a very rewarding experience and um, something that I, you know, I'm glad I could say that I was a part of. Yeah, it is. Is it's special to be a part of that first one and really. You know, it gets you guys going as this juggernaut that Vanderbilt baseball has turned into. Yeah, I, I think I think everyone in the program kind of will attribute that to a combination of Coach Corbin and obviously, you know, landing David Price in 2007 was kind of the turning point um, in the in the in the you know in the history of Vanderbilt. You know, you had I, I think there's a crazy stat out there. It's like in the last 15 years. There's only been like a couple of years where Vanderbilt didn't have a first round pick. Um, and now it's, you know, it's just a place people want to go. Like I'm not even, I, I can't imagine how hard it is for uh, Corbin to recruit now. Cause you just, you have so many kids, you know, that are committing there just for the draft. And then you have um, obviously your pick in the litter. So um, the fact that he keeps putting together these, you know, very well, well-groomed teams is very impressive. It is. Now, you get drafted by Arizona in the 11th round of the MLB draft after you guys win the title. Does that happen after, or does that happen during the season? So it's just weird. So it happens um, during the Super Regional. Uh, okay. So it's like, it, and it, it's weird because, you know, I, my junior year was such a roller coaster for me. I mean, I, I started the year as a starter, you know, through five or six starts. I was, you know, one of the best pitchers in the country. You know, draft projections are coming out. I'm going, you know, second, third round. You know, scouts are. I, it was, it was, it was the most, it was the most difficult year slash taught me the most, you know, of my life. Um, you know, it's hard because you're, you. I guess the the biggest regret I had about Vanderbilt is I feel like I let the draft process get the best of me. Um, but it's a it's an experience you can never prepare for. I mean, you're getting attention. You know, you're hiring uh, your representation for the draft, you know, your future agent. Um, and you're just, you know, you're getting your head filled with all this info and it's very visible. And, um, you know, long story short, I was going to be a pretty high pick and then I wasn't. And then, you know, obviously the, the draft process and, you know, you, if you don't get picked in the top five rounds, you kind of want to drop to the 11th. So you have some negotiating power. So it was just, a, it was a really weird I mean, I grew up a lot that year, so uh, it was uh, it was a whirlwind for sure. Yeah, that's got to be difficult because it's. I'm assuming it's your dream to play professionally. So this year, you're you know getting all this information. Like you said, first you were going to be high, then you were going to be lower, then you want to get 11th round. So yeah, that that must be difficult. But tell me yeah, this. Yeah, crazy. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was. It, 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 you can't prepare for it. I mean, there's. I, I even I look back. I'll talk to my old teammates sometimes, and it's like there is no actual way to prepare for you know the emotions that come with the process. You know, draft projections. You know, knowing that I had a good 
summer in the Cape. And, you know, you start to not count your tickets for the hats, but it's like, you know, you start thinking about how much money. It's very hard to stay present is the best way um, to describe it. Yeah, yeah, it must be. And obviously you, you have to stay present, right? Because you have a season at hand. You got to do well for your team. Yeah, no, for sure. And obviously you, you also, you know, at Vanderbilt, we pride ourselves in, you know, passing the torch down to the younger guys. So, it's, you know, you want to make sure you're setting a good standard. And at the same time, you know, you got to kind of take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, your junior year is kind of your opportunity to make money in baseball. So it's like you, there's definitely a fine line. But uh, I, I don't think any place prepares you better for that next step than uh, Vanderbilt. Absolutely. So you're, you're drafted, but you do have another year at Vanderbilt if you want it. You decide to for, forgo your senior year to turn pro. How difficult of a decision was that? You know, I, I think it's, it's almost expected. Uh, you know, it, and, and it's, it's always an interesting conversation, right? Because especially for someone like me, you know, you're, you're talking, you know, the difference in, you know, six figures, seven figures, you know, just based off like a few bad weeks. So you start to, you know, be like, oh, well, I could have made this. And then I think, you know, one of my, one of my old teammates said it best. And it was like, look, if you're going to, if you really want a chance to play professional baseball, it's like, take the money, go, you know, school's going to be paid for by the team. And, you know, go find it. And I was really young. So I was drafted at 20. Um, so I was a really young junior. So it was kind of like, that was my upside. And that was why I had a little bit of negotiation power. It's because people, uh, teams knew I wasn't at my best yet, and I hadn't pitched a lot. So I was, you know, I was healthy. You know, I didn't have many innings under my belt. So I was kind of a, I was kind of a safe bet at that, at that point in the draft. So it was just, you know, it was that, that year was just such a whirlwind. But to hear your name drafted, even though it wasn't where I, you know, was expecting to go, um, another, another moment I'll never forget. Yeah, no, that's a special moment, regardless of when it is. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it, it, it's, it's hard, too, because, you, you know, you have expectations. You, you don't, I think the hardest thing that I struggled with is, like, you, you, you lose, not that you lose confidence, but it's just a, it's such a big time in your life. And it's, like, hard to, you know, you start questioning whether or not people are proud of you. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I left my parents, let my parents down, but it was definitely uh, – it was definitely, uh, you know, uh, it was a hard time to explain. But, um, you know, being a professional athlete was always a goal of mine. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure your parents were super proud of you. And you made the right decision because what if you come back to Vanderbilt in 2015 and throw your arm out? Then you're, not, you're never a pro. So definitely made the right decision, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think it took just a little, you know, the, the team was so good, like, I, I think the only thing like people always would ask me is like, oh, you would have made so much more money had you got here. And it was like, yeah, but I wouldn't have had that experience. You know, I, I wouldn't like, I, there's not a financial number I can put on my experience at Vanderbilt. So like I can look back and be like, yeah, you know, could I have made, you know, six times more money in the draft if I went to a smaller school and played more? Sure. But I got to say that I went to Vanderbilt. I earned a job there every year. And obviously, you know, met, all, met a lot of my best friends. So yeah. I don't think you can put a financial number on that experience. Definitely not. You got a great education. You got a ring. Well worth it. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, like you said, it, there's, there's certain things in life that you, you can't put a price on. So 
that was a that was definitely a rewarding uh, experience. Well said. So you begin a six-year professional baseball career where you really climbed up in the farm system and you make the 40-man roster for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I believe you play pretty much as high as AAA, which is just one step away from major leagues. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, again, it's, it's funny. Like, it was a very interesting career. Like, I, I was, wasn't very good my first year and a half. You know, and then my second full season, you know, the team wanted to release me. My agent kind of was like, hey, look, like, put him in the bullpen. If he doesn't do well, get rid of him. That year, I went from low A to high A to double A to triple A, back to double A. I mean, it was, it was such a whirlwind of a career. That I, again, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I, I caught lightning in a bottle, you know, got to triple A really quick and, um, I just, I was never that consistent. I was just really like, we always used to tell, like when I was really good, I was really, really good. But my bad was really, really bad. So I, I definitely, I, 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 the people that like, I know baseball doesn't get a ton of respect from a athletic standpoint, but the people that are consistent in the big league year in and year out deserve so much more credit than they get because it is so impressive. And, you know, I can speak for a lot of people and no one realizes how hard it is to just be that consistent for that long. Yeah, it is very hard to make it up to the majors, as you know. It, it, it is impressive, the people that are able to do it and stay there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, it's, cra- it's crazy. And obviously, I played baseball, so, you know, I have, a, I have definitely a, a really good point of view of it and perspective. It's, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't envy, like, I don't, you know, I'm not jealous. I don't reg- like regret anything I did in my career. And I just, I just have so much respect for the people that, you know, are able to just do it year in and year out. It sounds like a very healthy outlook you have. Yeah. And I think you have to, right? I mean, what's, what's the alternative to beat yourself up and never be happy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I live a great life, you know, I have a, have a beautiful fiance and, you know, now, you know, work and everything, everything's great. And I, I, I'm a big believer of everything. Uh, every decision you make in life kind of leads you where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm glad you have this really awesome life. Just a few more questions about your minor league career, though. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's pretty hard to keep moving up and down. Like you said, you like that one season alone, you were low A, then double A, then triple A, then back to double A. I mean, that's mm-hmm. gonna be hard. And the lifestyle for minor leagues isn't really that glamorous, right? You guys have crabby hotel rooms and you're driving <laughs> on buses. It's difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially, you know, it's funny coming from Vanderbilt, right? Like you, the glitz and the glam of the SEC, you know, we're staying at, you know, three, four-star hotels, you know, very, very, you know, we're living right. And then, you know, you get into pro ball and all of a sudden you're, you're you know, you're obviously the budget's much less, you know, you're on the road all the time. Um, you know, 2016, I, I always joke around, you know, start the year in spring training in Arizona, move to Chicago for a month, move to Visalia, California for a month, move to Mobile, Alabama for six weeks go to Reno, Nevada for three weeks and then back to Mobile for four. And then I got to play in the Arizona Fall League for six weeks. Like it was, it, I, 
I, I feel like I'm prepared for anything at this point. I, I think my name was on four different leases in four different cities at one point. So um, <laughs> I, I'm well-traveled. And there's not many, uh, after playing in AAA for parts of three years, there's not many airports in the country that I haven't been in. <laughs> yeah, probably not. What point in your career did you make the 40-man roster? So in 2000, so 2017 was, was my best year. Um, the end of the year, I was really good. I, I actually, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I don't say I, I guess the, the most honest thing I could say is I should have been called up at the end of 2017, but the Diamondbacks were in first place. So, you know, it made sense for them to wait. Um, that off season, they put me on the roster and then unfortunately, you know, I just, I could never make the team from there. Um, but obviously, you know, getting on the 40 man roster was quite the, uh, quite the achievement in its own right. So not many, uh, not many people. Yeah. I would say not many people can say they've ever been on the 40 man roster, but it's also pretty hard to get on the 40 man roster and not get to the big leagues. So that's definitely, uh, that's definitely one of the, one of the stats I'm not, uh, overjoyed about, but um, I'll definitely, uh, I, I definitely, you know, I'll look back one day and realize how much I accomplished. Oh, yeah, no, that it's a major accomplishment. And just, you know, as we said, think about how many people play professionally and just never make it to that 40 man. Yeah, I mean, only what, uh, anytime, only like, what, 1,200 people in the world are on a 40 man roster on a big league team? Yeah, so, that's true. Pretty, 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 uh, pretty cool accomplishment. I, you know, I still don't think I, I, I think it's too fresh still to like look back and be like super proud, but I definitely, when I talk, you know, my buddies that, that still play, it's like, you know, you, you do remember how good you were at one point and uh, I, I definitely know I'll, I'll talk about it for years to come for sure. Absolutely. It's something you'll tell your kids, your grandkids, lots to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Now, your last year was in 2019. Why did you decide to hang up the cleats? So, 2018 was a really hard year. Um, a lot of expectations. Uh, I, I was kind of hurt, slash just not... I, I wouldn't say hurt was really the word. I just wasn't healthy. Uh, I, you know, I lost my velocity. I lost a lot of confidence. You know, I, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. So, 2018 took a lot of the fun out of the game um, for me. Um, and then, you know, not just because I didn't perform well, it was just a really hard year. So then 2019, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I got nothing to lose. I was still on the big league roster. I knew I was probably getting taken off the roster, which, you know, I deserved to be taken off, which is fine. And then I just, you know, I was super excited for spring training, went out there and just, you know, had no confidence, you know, didn't perform well, was in my own head, slash hurt, slash you know, just didn't really have confidence anymore. So it was really hard to, you know, go to work every day. And I just wasn't healthy. You know, they put me through a few programs trying to basically, you know, get me right. And, you know, I credit the Diamondbacks a lot. They, they definitely hung in, hung in there with me for a while. Uh, but at the end of 2019, I, I knew it was time. Uh, you know, I was ready to go live a life. You know, I knew. I always knew I was going to have success outside of the game. Um, obviously, it's hard to you know, put a finite ending on something, but I knew it was time for me if I wanted to accomplish the things, you know, that I always wanted to accomplish in life. So it was, a, it was kind of a good time to get out at a, you know, at a relatively young age. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's awesome. Six years. Not many people can say that they, you know, played a professional sport for six seasons. So what are you up to now? So, yeah, so now, um, like I said, I'm engaged out here at Newport Beach. Uh, I work for a mortgage company called uh, Loan Snap. So we do uh, residential mortgage loans, refinance, purchase. Um, it's fun. It's a, it's a tech startup, really cool environment, and super competitive. So um, definitely, uh, it definitely just kind of reminds me of, of playing, really. I yeah, just love to compete, and um, it's a really cool company with a lot of opportunities. So I'm definitely awesome. loving that. Nice, nice. Now, is baseball in your life at all? Are you on like an old man softball team in your free time? <laughs> That's funny. So I actually, when I, when I chose to stop playing, I don't like to say retired, so I was kind of hurt. So I just said I stopped playing. Um, I actually tore my meniscus playing a game on the beach with, uh, with one of my agents up in up near L.A. So that, yeah. was, uh, that made it a lot easier not to second guess, but... Um, luckily, I was just able to rehab it, and um, it doesn't really doesn't bother me to this day. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, baseball. I, I watch. We watch it every now and then on Sundays. Uh, actually, went to a game the other day in Anaheim to see one of my old teammates pitch for the Royals. And um, yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, it's not really big in my life, but obviously, I still support. You know, I like to watch games every now and then and support all my buddies. Nice, nice. And I'm sure you still support the Vanderbilt baseball team. Of course, of course. And obviously, it's, it's nice. It's such a national brand these days that, you know, they're on TV quite a bit. So, um, you know, although it does make me feel really old, um, saying that I started college almost 10 years ago, um, that's not. <laughs> Jared, I have loved our conversation. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? It sounds great. Fire away. All right. What TV show are you currently binge watching? Oh, wow. That's a, that would be a good question for my fiance. We, uh, well, it's funny. I would say we're anxiously awaiting um, Ozark season three to come out. Um, we, what do we watch on a regular, regular basis? I mean, we, we binged everything. I, 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 don't, I don't know if there's a show that my fiance has a seen, but to answer your question, I don't, I don't think we're binging anything currently just because we're waiting for everything to come out. Um, okay. So we're, we're, we're anxious for Ozark season three, and then I've seen Yellowstone all the way through like four different times. So. Oh, wow. I heard good things about Yellowstone. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. All right. Fantastic. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right. Next question. You know, there's so many movies about baseball. What is your favorite one? Wow. That's a tough question. I would say, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Favorite, favorite one. I mean, I love Sandlot, <laughs> obviously. Well, who doesn't? But I'd have to say, I'd have to say... I don't know, maybe maybe the natural or the rookie. I really like the rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would either say the rookie or or I don't know. Yeah, let's say the rookie. All but there's right. a lot hey, of good may- ones. I mean, I, I yeah. Yeah, maybe the rookie will be like your life story. Maybe like 15 years down the line, you're like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give this another try. I can see. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, last question, Jared. You're engaged. You have a wedding coming up. What is the ideal honeymoon spot? 
Oh man, that's a that's a great question. We talk about that all the time. I, I think my I think my fiance would say Greece, but I I don't know. I, I've had a few buddies go to Bora Bora, and I think that's one of those places like you probably only gonna go once if you ever go. So I think True. that's kind of like a that's what I think of uh, in a honeymoon. Yeah, wow, that's a long plane ride though, right? How long is that? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think LA is as close as you can get to it, though, uh, in the United States. So, but yeah, I, I, I think know, you're that's right. Question. It's probably it's probably like I don't know, twenty hours. Yikes! I Download a lot that's of that. Ozark. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be the whole that, that'd be the whole three seasons probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really enjoyed rehashing your great professional career and your career at Vanderbilt. We'll have a lot to be proud of. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Bridget. It was, uh, it was definitely a good time. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Jared Miller. Hope you enjoyed it. Really cool to hear about his successful baseball career from high school to Vanderbilt to the professionals. He's got a lot to be proud of. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.